0: The Bellarmine Forum presents Footnote Catholic Insights from the Culture Wars Here's your host Christopher Mannion
1: I'm here with Steve Mosier the president of the Population Research Institute founded by Father Paul Marks Steve You've traveled the world over the years, but today I want to address a place that few Americans know very much about. What's going on in Africa regarding the population issue?
0: Well, Africa is kind of an anomaly in in the demographic world today because whereas you have birth rates at or below replacement on every other continent, China, of course, because of the one-child policy, uh, is only averaging about one-and-a-half children per woman over her reproductive lifetime. The U.S., because of the recession, has fallen from two children down to about 1.7 right now and still dropping. Europe, of course, as a whole, is dying. And then you have sub-Saharan Africa, which has still fairly robust fertility. And that means that the whole population-control enterprise which used to be scattered about the world, focusing on not just Africa but Latin America and, and Asia and, and, and other places, has now focused its efforts on Africa, the huge sums of money, billions of dollars pouring into Africa to reduce the African birth rate. Um, unfortunately, as we can talk about in a minute, the the Catholic Church, through its uh, humanitarian organizations has been drawn into this effort willy-nilly but what's happening in Africa is you have high rates high birth rates what people don't understand is you have high birth rates in Africa because you have high mortality rates in Africa you have in many countries 40 or 50 percent of the children not surviving to adulthood you have very high infant and child mortality rates you find deaths among teenagers from malaria typhus typhoid other communicable diseases, including HIV-AIDS. And at the end of the day, what the theory of the demographic transition tells us is that the reason why we still have high birth rates in Africa is not only because the Africans are very pro-life and pro-family, which they are, but because African couples reasonably and rationally understand that if they want to have two children or three children survive to adulthood, they'd better have five or six children all together, mm-hmm. or they might wind up with no descendants whatsoever. And so what we should be doing, but what we're not doing, is our foreign aid should be focused on improving primary health care, improving the educational system. Instead, it's focused almost uh, single-mindedly on sterilizing chemically and surgically, as many women as possible, at contracepting, either via implants or, or IUDs or, or birth control pills, as many women as possible. And and it's also focused on on surreptitiously, sometimes quietly, sometimes openly promoting abortion as a means of population control. So instead of helping African parents see their children survive to adulthood, we're simply trying to force African parents to have fewer children. Now this whole population control enterprise is not just the, the business of, of USAID, uh, the British, um, the Swedish, the, uh, the Japanese, the international organizations like the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund, and of course first and foremost the UN through the UN Population Fund and other UN agencies are all involved in this this anti-people movement based on the false myth of of overpopulation. I say false myth because we now have falling birth rates everywhere. We now see that the population of the world is never going to double again. We now see that that you can't have a population bomb if your population isn't doubling and doubling and doubling again. And it's fairly clear now, demographers all agree, the population of the world is never going to double again.
1: What's uh, what's, focus on this uh, effort of the United States abroad. Um, Hillary Clinton has stated that her first priority was family planning worldwide. Mm -hmm. And um, AID, with whom I worked for many years on the Senate staff, uh, during the years I traveled Latin America, I heard many bishops complaining about the Sad fact that AID required the component, they would call it, the family planning component, to be part of any grant that would start a clinic in the Altiplano in mm-hmm. uh, Peru, in the uh, jungles of Bolivia, in the mountains of El Salvador, Guatemala. Everywhere I went, there was this requirement. It wasn't an option a box to check. And so the pernicious accompaniment of, on the one hand, good basic health care, and on the other, the virtual announcement that there are too many of you, and in order to take care of those who have been born, we need to make sure that there are fewer that come along in the next generation. Is that going on in Africa as well?
0: Oh absolutely. Uh, that that basic approach has has not changed.
1: How How is the church responding?
0: Well, healthcare is, is is being used as a as a Trojan horse to gain access to women's reproductive systems. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that if a if a woman in Africa suffers from malaria or her child comes down with pneumonia and she goes to the local USAID funded or UN population funded clinic, she may be given malarial tablets, but she will also be urged to take a Depo-Provera injection to make her temporarily infertile or to take birth control pills. The same thing holds with regard to penicillin for her child with pneumonia. They will use the opportunity presented by her parents at the clinic to try to urge her to be sterilized because, after all, she can hardly take care of the, the children she has because they've contracted pneumonia.
1: But, Steve, sterilization uh, is uh, illegal in American foreign aid programs. How does that come to pass?
0: Well, the the uh, it, is, it is illegal for any U.S. foreign aid money in the family planning budget to be spent uh, directly on abortion, but under the obama administration money is being given to organizations like the international planned parenthood federation that promote abortion wherever they go that feel feel free to violate the laws of the countries that they're in even if those laws forbid abortion, forbid abortion. and they also uh, perform sterilizations and um, you know chemically and surgically sterilize sterilize women so uh, th- these laws are not enforced a lot of things happen, I think, in African countries on the ground there that, that Americans are, are totally unaware of.
1: Well, take uh, let's focus on the Catholic dimension here. We have the Catholic Relief Services that is active in Africa on the one hand, and we have a number of Catholic bishops in Africa on the other with whom PRI has been in contact. How do they work together to avoid the objective evils that are being promoted by the programs that are offered to them uh, at US taxpayer expense.
0: That You know, it, it is a sad fact that the church now for many decades through its official agency the Catholic Relief Services has not been able to be uh, a true Catholic charity in the traditional sense of the term. Um, the state took over uh, international relief efforts after World War II and began pumping large sums of money into foreign aid. Up to that point, it had largely been the province of, of private, private charities. Um, so we used to do, through our so-called Catholic charities, we used to do the corporal works of mercy. But they have now, these are now efforts that have been taken over by the state and co-opted by the state. So if we're talking about, you know, giving giving food to the hungry. Um, and uh and 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 giving giving medicine to the sick and so forth we have we have gone from charity which is of course love uh, an expression of love that's the original meaning of the word caritas to humanitarianism which is an expression of human pity to a kind of mechanistic state approach and the state has now decided there are too many people in the world so everything ultimately is driven by the idea of reducing the number of people in the world. Now, that's not only not an expression of love; it's an expression of of hate, of antipathy towards human beings. I mean, when you have Sir David Attenborough, uh, who's a well-known British naturalist, say that human beings are a plague on the earth, um, you know, I believe that he needs you know compassionate mental health counseling mm-hmm. because that's a very anti-human attitude, and yet that general attitude that human beings are a plague on the earth is is found throughout our foreign aid apparatus and it has infected all of the organizations that work with USAID including um, Catholic Relief Services you know if you get as Catholic Relief Service does over two-thirds of your money from USAID um, you know whoever pays the piper calls a tune in some cases, uh, in some countries, in Francophone Africa, the CRS efforts are entirely funded, 100%, by USAID. Now, USAID p- imposes a lot of conditions on its, on its aid. First of all, it tells the Catholic Church, that, uh, that, or rather Catholic Relief Service, that it can't hire Catholics exclusively, because that would be discrimination. So, if you go overseas, you find that Catholic Relief Services hires Hindus and, and, and atheists and, and, and all sorts of other Experts. denominations. Experts. Experts. Well, they, they, they call them professions. The second thing that the USAID says that the Catholic Relief Services can't do is it cannot, cannot focus its efforts on Catholics. Now, but it has to treat everybody equally. That, too, in the name of, discrimin- of non-discrimination... But we are specifically told in Scripture that, that when we do corporal works of mercy, we're to focus on our own faith family first. And I, I have a quote here from Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, which says, As we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. And, and St. Paul here isn't telling us to ignore the needs of non-Catholics. We're to be charitable to all, but we're to focus our efforts, especially to those who are of the household of faith, which means fellow Catholics. If you take USAID money, you can't do that. And finally, and most troubling, of course, these USAID programs always involve a population control uh, component, sometimes obvious, sometimes hidden. And to the extent that CRS is the lead agency in a country like Kenya or Madagascar in Africa, they will be supervising programs that have a population control component, which is absolutely against the teaching of the Church.
1: Well, I wrote uh, Bishop Hubbard of Albany uh, two years ago now about the advocacy he had published through the Catholic Conference of the Kerry Luger Bill of Foreign Aid. And I took a look at the bill, and there is over half a billion dollars for family planning worldwide in that bill including 65 million for abortions uh, but not direct Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. I I wrote and asked uh, Bishop Hubbard if this was a well first of all are you aware of this Uh, I had spoken to one of the folks at Catholic Relief Services and he was in tears when he learned about this dimension of the legislation. Uh, But Bishop Hubbard responded very courteously, telling me that as a Catholic, I was free to disagree with the prudential particulars of the recommendations on the legislative level of the U.S. Catholic Conference after prayerful uh, consideration. Uh, But he did not touch upon the fact that he had essentially underwritten this half a billion dollars because of the entirety of the act, which, in his view, was to help the poor. Mm -hmm. So this contradiction is central, if you will. Uh, The bishops in Latin America said, why are you making this a required component? You come back home 30 years later, and the bishops are advocating passage of that required component. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, in our next interview, I want to discuss with you the future of the approach of the Catholic Church with regard to charity. I think that that is going to be a topic of great interest to our listeners as we work our way through this penitential season of Lent, awaiting the election of a new pontiff who will guide the Church through some very tumultuous and troublesome time. In the meantime, Steve Mosier, it's been good having you on the program. Thanks for coming.
0: Thanks for having
1: me. This is Christopher Mannion. Thanks for listening.
0: You've been listening to Footnote, Catholic insights from the culture wars. Footnote is brought to you by the Bellarmine Forum. Copyright the Bellarmine Forum. All rights reserved.